and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. We are Take the Black, and I'm your host, Razor. And I'm here with the usual suspects, the goddess herself, Isis, Corey Thone, Annie Bundle, and Corey Smith. We're all here to talk about Game of Thrones. We've taken a couple of weeks off, but that's okay. We're back, and it's now time to have fun. But before we get started... Since we have been off a couple of weeks, there's been some exciting news around the fan-sided network. And Annie, why don't you tell us all about that? Okay, well, we just started a brand new website. It's called Culturist, and you can find us at culturist.com. And uh, we're a brand new website that is uh, for pop culture with a feminist and nerdy bent. And we talk about everything from books to celebrity and fashion, home and food, movies, music, sports, viral stuff, social progress, oh, and of course TV and Game of Thrones. Um, in fact, today we even posted about Game of Thrones and uh, we wrote a little bit of fan fiction about what it would be like if Angela Lansbury was actually guest starring on Game of Thrones in the finale. And we imagined what a finale with uh, Murder, She Wrote would be like. So uh, you should check it out. We're at culturist.com. Anytime somebody mentions Game of Thrones fan fiction, I just imagine like well, I couldn't take it seriously. I mean, like seriously. some kind of weird love triangle between uh, Sweet Robin, Lord Robin of the Vale, and like Sansa, and maybe like uh, Jon Snow. Oh, we actually kind of did do an article triangle. about that. We did an article <laughs> where we talked about whether or not Jon Snow and Sansa are going to get together or not. Personally, I, I am that. not a fan of that, but not a lot it. of my writers are. Um, so you know, we had a little, we had somebody come up and you know argue for. Um, and I've told anybody who wants to come up and argue against and do the uh, reverse is totally free to do so. Cool. And uh, we also have Isis writing for you as well, which is really cool. Yes, she does our Outlander coverage. Um, She actually did a wonderful post uh, covering the first two seasons of Outlander and all of the gorgeous costuming. And it got into Entertainment Weekly. Yes, it did. And uh, Dan from WIC also writes for us. This is his chance not to write Game of Thrones stuff. So uh, what did he choose to do? He chose to write RuPaul uh, Drag Race Drag Caps. <laughs> we love Dan so much. I love that he's got such an eclectic taste of viewing. All right. So um, let's get right into Game of Thrones. Um, we've had some exciting news over the past couple of weeks since we've been off. Um, we've got some exciting casting notes to talk about. But first, let's let's just get this out of the way. No, The Winds of Winter is not coming out. No, there is not an announced date. Uh, do not trust ISBN numbers. Do not trust Amazon France. And do not trust Reddit. Those things are not going just, to happen. Just don't trust France. Don't. <laughs> I swear to God, you know what happened? They saw the ISBN number and they decided to have <laughs> they decided to have Amazon make. The Amazon people were like, we need you to make a, a placeholder page, and then someone accidentally let it go live. I, I swear that must have been what happened. Because yeah. the date that they put in it with the placeholder date is a kind of date where if you were making an educated guess, this might be about the time it would come out. Like, it's sort of like when Razor does the uh, guesses of what the titles will be for the upcoming season. Like, I sort of felt like that's what I was looking at when I looked at that. Yeah, no, I know. I thought it was perfect, too. It was, too, it was a little too perfect. But, uh, yeah, listen, guys, George R. R. Martin has said himself that when The Winds of Winter is finished, he will say it on his live journal, not a blog. He'll come out, he'll announce it, and that's when you will find out. You won't find out from a leak anywhere else. Of course, it is 2016, almost 2017. We're very close, so... Maybe maybe somebody will will find out and leak something, but until then, I wouldn't get your hopes up. Just go with what George R. R. Martin said and wait until he announces it on his live blog, uh, on his not a blog live journal. Anyway, um, <clears throat> let's move on. Another thing that we can say I know is, that no is not happening, and maybe I'm the I'm to blame for this, but uh, Angela Lansbury is not going to be joining Game of Thrones. Um, Annie, please tell me how this happened. So, a couple of weeks ago, Razor wrote a humor post in which he had a little adorable gif that mashed up Murder, She Wrote with Game of Thrones and George R. R. Martin. And And it really is the best gif ever. It's really funny. And from what we can tell, via other language websites, 
then getting retranslated back into English, this kind of played a game of telephone from Angela Lansbury in a Game of Thrones gift to Angela Lansbury in Game of Thrones to Angela Lansbury in talks with Game of Thrones. Like that's yeah. So, <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. The Brit, the British rag they picked it up was Daily Mail. Uh, no, actually, it was the Express. <laughs> but I mean, it was just <laughs> one of those things. I was just like, I looked at this and I was like, Are you serious? Am I really watching a game of telephone in real time? I really am. And the best part was when you know, because I wrote about it a couple of days ago on Wick. This morning it came to us on Culturist, and I was just like, Are you kidding? It's literally come full circle. I've watched the entire thing come full circle. Um, so of course we had to not take it seriously. And I love it. You. I love it. I'm starting rumors across the world. I am God. I'm kidding. Anyway, um, so we've got those things out. No, Winter Winter's not coming out. No, La- Angela Lansbury's not coming out. But Isis, you kind of had a, a theory of who, if she would have joined Game of Thrones, who, who she, what the kind of perfect role she would play. ISIS. Yeah, I think I think it would be wonderful if she was actually on on the uh, on TV again. Uh, we haven't seen very much of her. She's she's enjoying her retirement. But I thought it would she could really partner up really well with Lady Olena. Uh, they could be like you know besties slash maybe girlfriend or something like that. And you know Lady Olena is like you know bad cop. And then you have Angela Lansbury comes in, and she's like the good cop and everything. But they both want the same thing, and that's to go ahead and smash in Cersei's face. And so I I just really felt like this was an an awesome opportunity in casting. And, and again, this is just from a show watcher's perspective. I I don't know anything about if Lady Olenna in the books has friends or not, or she's a lesbian or whatever. I I just – to me, in my mind, I said – this could be something awesome, and uh, and I, I feel like now that it's been it's out there that and they've debunked it, saying that no, this is not happening or they're not in talks. But they may want to look at this because I really feel like you know she still has a lot of work in her, and she could bring something to the table um, as far as Game of Thrones, and and she would pair up so well uh, with the. Uh, um, Rig uh, as as Lady Olena uh, as her friend there's still, slash there still lover, are some matronly parts out there she could play uh, that that would be perfect but I you know I w- as much as I think it would be awesome for the show I, I don't want to see Angela Lansbury come on Game of Thrones because I love her so much I adore her she's part of my childhood I used to grow up watching like I would I would sit in the living room and watch Murder She Wrote with my parents and I'd be like, you know, it was boring to me. I hated it. I wanted to watch G.I. Joe or Transformers, but my parents were watching like Murder She Wrote, so I was like, okay, whatever. But now I remember that show and it was kind of part of my childhood. I don't want to see her on Game of Thrones where people are killing each other and there's full frontal nudity and dicks. So like I don't want to see that. I don't want Angela Lansbury involved with that. Just no. Anyway, uh oh by the way <laughs> I just want to I just want to throw this out here. So Isis, you think you think that the Queen of Thorns might be a lesbian? I mean, I, you don't know where she she could be swinging that way, huh? I I just, don't just, know. Just go, I mean, just go the Queen of Thorns. She could, she might be a lesbian. Well, I mean, I just I'm not saying that she is, and I'm not saying any anything whatsoever. I just said that's one way we could you know, place Angela Lansbury and make her a a very uh, important figure in this whole game. Uh, Can you where imagine she... the melting down of the internet if they made Angela Lansbury uh, Diana Riggs' lover on the show? Can you imagine? Uh, it's, it's the old, the old I dump, think it Dumbledore the... swerve. Dumble guy. Dumbledore that swerve. Guy. Yeah, Dumbledore, Dumbledore swerve. swerve. <laughs> that would be great. Anyway, let's move on. So we got some amazing – well, okay, I'm not even going to get to the amazing casting news yet. Guess what, guys? We're returning to Seville to film Game of, film Game of Thrones Season 7. So guess what that means? Dorn. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. We are headed back to Dorne, right, Annie? Yeah, that's basically the, what that news means. We uh, went to Seville in Season 5. That was actually one of the first places that they filmed in Spain. Um, and they filmed the Alcazar of, of Seville, which was basically the water gardens that everybody saw. 
Um, they didn't go back there for season six, and that was because we were basically being spared Dorn. Um, but uh, this year we're going back, and we're actually going to a dockyard um, is one of the places that they'll be filming. So it looks like Danny and her fleet might actually be landing in Dorn after all. Yeah. I actually, I'm not going to sing it, but in my head, I just re- did Cruella de Vil, but film in Seville and made it evil. So <laughs> I wish you would sing that. No, nah, it's not happening. Next. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to that amazing casting news that we got uh, last week. Jim Broadbent, guys. Oscar-winning actor Jim Broadbent is joining the cast of Game of Thrones. Um, if you're not familiar with this guy, then shame on you. But, uh... Most notably for uh, for all you Harry Potter fans, he was Professor Slughorn. Am I right? Annie, who is that the is editor-in-chief correct. of w- 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 Wizards and Whatnot? Yes, he is. So basically I wrote it in three different places at all the same time. Wick, Wizards, and Culturists all had Jim Broadbent posts from three different angles um, all at the same time when the news was announced. That's amazing. I can't even – like I'm so excited to have this guy on the show. It's, it's like announcing – Oscar winner, right? It, 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 it is our first Oscar winner. Like, okay, first of all, Jonathan Price was a big name to come to the show, and I was really excited for Jonathan Price when he when they announced him and he became the High Sparrow. And then when Ian McShane was announced for a one-off, I was like ecstatic, like Deadwood, Pillars of Earth, all that kind of stuff. I was so excited to have Ian McShane. And now to add Jim Broadbent, it's like HBO and Game of Thrones really are hitting their like uh, classic peak, like. Two seasons left, and it's just like, hey, let's order all the expensive things off the expensive part of the menu. Of the menu, and I don't care. Let's just do it all. Like, let's go out and find the best actors to fill the weirdest roles. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about where we might think Jim Broadbent hey, might before fit. We, into- before we do that, because I yeah. I didn't know that he won an Oscar for for uh, Iris. I I mean, I love the movie. I haven't seen it in several years, but uh, I didn't know he won for that. That's great. But this role that he's probably playing, you know, none of us recommended Jim Broadbent, who played John Bailey, but um, Annie recommended Hugh Bonneville, who played yeah. young John Bailey in Iron. Oh, so nice. That's, so does that which mean I mean, I the jersey? Annie wins the Cupid doll. So, so Annie, Annie had the closest Annie had the closest pick, so she wins that round for sure. I was yes, closest without cool. going over. I get to play in the game. Ba 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 da deal. All right, go ahead. <laughs> What's really cool about Jim Broadbent's role <laughs> is there are so many things he could be doing on the show. Um, we already know that there was that casting call for uh, way back for um, like specific roles, and one was a priest uh, in in the in his sixties, I believe, who has a, a very imaginative face and a posh accent, and that fits Jim Broadbent to a T. Um, there's also other roles he could fill. Uh, he could he could be Anything, actually, there's a lot of things you could do, so let's talk about that really quick, and I'll start the conversation right off the top of the bat. I wrote, I wrote an article last week about who I might, who I think he might fill the role in, and I think he's going to be in Old Town, personally. I think he's going to be part of the Citadel. I think he's going to be kind of um, an amalgamation of characters, kind of like what Ian McShane was, a, a rolling up of a couple of characters. I think he's going to be like Grand, uh, Archmaster Maywin. Uh, our Marwin, who was uh, this crazy magic guy at the Citadel, uh, who in the books heads off towards Danny and, and her fleet, uh, to, or before she sails to go try to teach her the ways of, of Valyrian and all that stuff. And then I also think that he's going to be another combination of Corey. Help me out here. Uh, the old Archmaster, the rook, the guy who, who does the rook, the rookery. Uh, Peter no, O'Toole. Oh, the other no. Corey. Sorry. Yeah, I forget his name, but I mean, at that point, he's basically senile in the book. Yeah, and someone steals a key from him that, like, kind of like a skeleton key to the whole city. Jack and Hygar does. Yes, yes, Jack. <laughs> I was trying not to spoil it for everybody, but you know, if we want to go straight there, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you though. Definitely, I think he's going to be in the Citadel. As far as, um. You know, how many of those maesters he plays, I think, is probably up to debate, but I definitely think he's going to be the grand maester down there in the Citadel, and Sam will have a lot of interaction uh, with him. 
Can you imagine John Bradley and uh, Jim Broadbent interacting with each other on a constant basis, Annie Bundle? That, that, would, that, be, would, be that would be awesome, but I, I have a question. Does that mean we're going to see the Obsidian Candles? I hope so. Please, I, God. Please, God. See, I, I think uh, that's why I, 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 just, I just, those Obsidian Candles, you know what we're talking about, right? Uh, okay, so yeah. uh, the Obsidian <laughs> Candles yeah. are hang on, basically... Hang on, I know what the Obsidian Candles do. Because oh, okay, because Zach, you read it. Zachary Binks. Zachary Binks, Zachary Binks lights one in oh my God, uh, I love Hocus you. Pocus, oh my and God. it brings the witches back. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, I just love reference. you. A plus reference. Um, but actually, oh my God. what they are is and basically... And that's, that's it for Take the Black, Corey Stone is in it on the high note. Good night, folks. <laughs> in, in, game, in, in the books... Uh, the obsidian candles basically are things that aren't capable of lighting, and it's basically made clear to us from people talking about them that they have started to be able to light again ever since the dragons came back into the world. Yeah. In, in Old Valyria, they used obsidian candles to... If you ever watched uh, Lord of the Rings, the movie, they used those, that, that little like silver ball to talk to Sauron and Sauron. If you mm-hmm. ever watched that, sh- that movie, that's kind of like the Obsidian Candles. They use that to look way down. Oh, sometimes wait, the past wait, wait. Is this the thing? Because I've been reading these interesting recaps that go over like ancient history that's not even in the books, really. Yeah. Is that the thing where like people could communicate across the oceans? Yes. Okay, that was yes. okay. All right, cool. So basically, ISIS, it's it's like a it's like a cell phone. But now, 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 yeah, I can. Now that the dragons, oh, yeah, can now the dragons are back, uh, there's signal again, three G. Yeah. But this is why I was saying I don't know how many of the maesters that Jim Broadbent will actually be playing because he definitely would be they'll pre- definitely consolidate a couple. I just don't know if they're going to bring Marwin into the picture because he's kind of a loony and all he, you know, he's into all the magic and stuff like that. And they've kind of strayed away from it a little bit on the show. So I don't know. I kind of disagree with you. I think in season six, they went full magic. They they did, but I just don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how much Marwin is going to add to the story. And at this point, I mean, you know, you've got so, you know, you know we've only got what, 13, 14 episodes left. So I just don't know that they're going to add that. I feel like he'll just be someone that that just kind of tutors uh, Sam at the Citadel and maybe helps him discover, you know, whatever that vital information we all assume Sam's going to find there is. A way to defeat the White Walkers. Right, exactly. So I figure he's going to that, – that'll be probably his role. And I think he'll probably play a little more straight-laced than, like, either Marwin or the, the guy that basically went senile. Um, that we can't remember his name. There's also another role that I kind of I kind of thought that uh, Jim Broadbent would be great for, and that is Old Lord Leighton Hightower, and he's the uh, Lord of of Old Town where the Citadel is. And in the book, see, he's never come out of his tower for for like ten years. He's he's hidden himself away in the tower. He's got a crazy daughter who who uh, dabbles in magic. Uh, she's kind of a witchy witchy girl and. Uh, nobody know nobody's seen him in a long time, um, and this is kind of where I kind of think this yeah. might happen too. I mean, I don't know. Because, thanks for interrupting me, Corey. God damn it. Anyway, um, yeah. So like old high to- old Lord Hightower, he stays up in his Z Hightower in the Hightower, and he's got his crazy daughter locked up there with him. And I don't know if they would do is have like have somebody cast as his daughter, but it would be cool if they did. Anyway, in the books. The Reach, where the Tyrells are from, is being attacked by Euron Greyjoy and the Ironborn. And this is where I could see this actually happening because in the books, Euron gets his fleet and instead of – he sends his brother across to go get Danny and her dragons. He doesn't – you know, uh, uh, Yara and all them, they don't go because Theon's not even anywhere near there. He doesn't go. So Victorian Greyjoy, who's not in the show, goes across the narrow sea to get Danny. And then we have – Euron and his men sail through the reach where uh, Highgarden is, and they attack uh, the Shield Islands and rape, pillage, plunder, kill, and the Lord of the Reach, which is not on the show either, Willis Willis Tyrell, which is a brother of Loras and Marjorie. He's not on the show. He sends for help to Lord Hightower, and he's like, hey, please send us some help. We're we're, we're dying here. We need help, and 
Old Lord Hightower stays in his tower. He doesn't do it. He doesn't send help. Instead, he defers to his sons who are ruling Old Town. And basically, Old Town kind of just like closes its gates and tries to uh, stay safe. But um, I don't think that's going to work. So I could see here's, – here's what I see happening. If, if this is the choice they want to go with, if they want Jib Broadbent to be Lord Hightower, um, they could have him stay up in his tower and be all crazy, and they could have John, uh, John Bradley as Sam go up to Hightower and talk to him for a little bit if they wanted to, interact with him. <clears throat> and show him that it could also have Euron attack Old Town. And that would be a good way to bring things into play that way. Just my opinion. Well, but uh Well I'd like to see him just uh you know break out in song and dance and, and specific sing like a virgin like he did in Moulin Rouge. So <laughs> but that's just my own personal preference. I mean there's been a lack of, you know, singing and dancing in this show and I think he could really bring something to the table. Preferably singing like a virgin. So does anybody think he's going to play the priest that may, that might show up in King's Landing? I do actually think that that's where he's really going to go. But I love these other theories. I think these other theories are great. But in all honesty, like, I don't see the high towers coming into play at all. Even though I will say that there is one location that we were looking at in Spain um, that's going to be filmed in October or November where I was like, that could really be Highgarden. Um, so, you know, we could go to Highgarden this season. Who knows? But I really kind of feel like the show is trying to consolidate at this point and not add so yeah, yeah I really think I really think that this is following the casting call that we saw, um, you know, which is part of the other reason why I thought the Angela Lansbury rumor was ridiculous because I mean seriously, the only woman on the casting call is young and nubile um, and naked. Um, so yeah, I really think that this is something that we saw on that list, and I think it's the priest, and I you know I think he's going to basically have to face down Cersei, and I kind of can't wait. That would be amazing. All right, so uh, moving on from Jim Broadbent, which I'm, we're all excited for, uh, we got news a couple of weeks ago that there's going – and before I, before I start this, this is going to be a heavy spoiler part of the show. So if you don't want to know a heavy, heavy spoiler for Season 7, please turn back now, turn off the podcast, it's your loss, but it's going to be a fun spoiler. Um, one, two, three, your spoiler warning has gone. Uh at some point in Season 7, Daenerys will show up in King's Landing like we all knew she would, right? We all knew she was going at some point be there. Um, and this rumor we got shows that she will be standing over the Dragon Pit in King's Landing. Now, Corey Smith, you yourself have written two or three pieces on the possibility, what the Dragon Pit is, uh, why she would be there. And all that. So take us through that particular piece of news. Okay, so uh, just, you know, the basics on the Dragon Pit is it, we haven't seen it on the show, but it's basically one of the largest structures in King's Landing. It's currently in ruins, but in the past it was used to house all of the Targaryen dragons. Uh, back in the day, all right, so, you know, basically the, the Dragon Pit was where they housed their dragons. Back in the day, they had anywhere from, you know, three or four all the way up to, you know, 12, 15 dragons. So they had to have some place to, to house them all. Um, after the dragons died out, it basically fell into disuse and just kind of sat there. So, um, you know, we have to remember Danny's never been to King's Landing. Um, she left King's Landing in her mother's womb. Um, so, you know, if she does make it back to King's Landing in season, uh, seven, you know, going to see someplace that her ancestors used to house dragons makes a whole lot of sense. Um, it could mean larger things, but it could just mean, you know, she's simply see, you know, taking a tour of the city and wants to see where her ancestors kept the dragons and, you know, maybe wants to put her dragons there. Uh, actually, you know, I would think road. that it's a... I would think of it as a she would go there and see it and be like, never again, I will never do this to my dragon. Yeah. I think she right. would tear it down. I think she would burn it to the ground. Right, because we have had on the show, the, you know, the only comments we've had about it on the show it have been some veiled comments about how the dragons that were housed there never grew to be as big in, in size as the ones that were never kept there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that could definitely go there, too. Um so there's a lot of possibilities. I think the biggest one, obviously, is just that she gets back to King's Landing one way or another. Isis, um, now that we know that Danny 
and we kind of always assumed it, but now that we know the fact that she will be in King's Landing from this rumor uh, at some point, when do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's going to happen early, mid, or end of the season? Uh, you know, I want to say it's probably going to be mid, um, just for the fact that it'll give us some time. I mean, gosh, it, uh, and, and when I say mid, I, I have to remember that this is going to be an abbreviated season. You know, they're it's calling like episode it a, three. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really, gosh, I don't know. I want to say mid, um, but um, if there's so much going on as far as build up. Uh, then you know they'll ha- they'll have to probably push it to the end. But I really want to say that they want to get this whole thing wrapped up uh, with Cersei and Danny the face off, uh, as I'm referring to it, and um, and then make their way to the north, um, so that that way they can focus all their attention, you know, dealing with the White Walkers and and stuff like that. Um, so I want to say probably. It's going to be either mid to close to the end, um, you know, maybe. Be- three episodes before the end uh, that we'll probably get that face off. So, um, you know, we get a little bit of chance to enjoy it and then we're off to the next thing uh, to prep for the next season that we will have. I, I, that's just pure speculation on my point um, and my oh, part, but um, I hope uh, that, that we do that just because I think that there needs to be some genuine buildup of, um, of the face off between Cersei and Danny so that way the fans and and you know just strictly show watchers kind of enjoy it a little bit you know you want to you want to see Cersei kind of you know her back against the wall even though you know that she's her back's been against the wall a lot of times uh but you know to see her her back against the wall flailing basically um it's it's going to you know we we should we should get that joy out of that Corey Thone, what if uh, this happens at the beginning of the season? She lands in Dorne, and boom, she flies right over to King's Landing and torches it, and Cersei's dead. Um, I don't know. I think that would be a little too fast, but I would really love for them to wrap it up. Like, a couple episodes in, have, like, a early season battle, and then, you know, as you get toward the end, um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways they can go, but personally, I think that as cool as battles are, like Hard Home or Battle of the Bastards, whatever else, like those aren't what define the show. What defines the show is character development and uh, great writing. So I really don't want them to get caught up in having to have these massive battles because I'm not watching this, you know, for uh, a Michael Bay show. Like I'm watching this because of how well written it is and and where the development and the and the plot structure goes. So get the battle get that first battle over with because honestly I, I kind of think that Cer- it's pretty obvious Cersei's kind of drowning at this point. So there's no need to make her and Euron or whoever a, a whole season villain. You can finish right. that pretty quickly. And then really get into Danny being in King's Landing dealing with like her past and and you know the dragon pit and all that crap. Like there's I, that's character. I, that's character development. I right actually there. have a question because you know what? This is sort of a thing I just thought of. You know, so they're getting back to King's Landing, right? And right. Tyrion is coming back with her to King's Landing, Ooh. right? Tyrion, the evil imp who killed his father, who killed the king, who everyone in the in in the plebeian down and down and down in the people think is the most evil creature ever to walk the earth. And he's her advisor. How is that going to play? Well, but the other Lannister just blew up a giant church and killed Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I absolutely <laughs> think the fact that, that, that Cersei basically caused her own 9-11 in Westeros is totally a thing. And I don't and I don't discount that in the slightest. But I just, you know, the fact of the matter is, is we've cheered on the fact that Tyrion is the hand of the queen. And we're all like, you know, this is the guy who's going to make Danny behave. You know, he's the guy who basically is like her, saint, her, her sensibility when she's like, I'm going to burn them all the ground right but the people don't know that and i kind of have a, i kind of have a feeling that if danny comes to king's landing and liberates it uh without torching the entire place um people will be, will be more, liberators they'll be liberators and people will be more apt to forgive Tyrion for regicide even though he didn't actually do it but he was convicted of it and um and killing his father so like 
people never liked people hated Joffrey anyway. So no, they didn't you... know that they no, they didn't hate Joffrey. That's just it. They hated Tyrion. They didn't hate Joffrey. They thought Joff that play we saw in Bravos is how people oh saw. Oh my God, you're right. People yeah, right. saw Joffrey as this uh, as this as this nice nice young man. Right? Yeah, the statue. We hate the statue. We viewers hated Joffrey. You're right. The statue You're of, right. of Joffrey with the dead wolf. You know, like he's a conqueror. He was a hero. Yeah. You know, he was the 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 prince. He was going to be their king forever and take them. And they didn't know that he was a psychopath, like Annie's saying. And I do think there's going to be some conflict there. But when it's all said and done, too, uh, you know, the viewers we know the real truth, and there might and maybe be... we'll just skip over that. You're right. They might just like maybe. But I... But I feel like that's got to be a plot point. I just yeah. I think it will be re- – sorry, man. I, I, I'll let you go into that. I think it will be reflected sure. in the struggle that Jamie will have between his psychotic yeah. sister and his redeemed brother. Oh, like, that's actually a pretty good idea. Okay, there we go. But you see, the thing is, it's just that it's, you know, one of the theme, one of the underlying themes in the books, and this is very much a book thing, much more than a TV show thing, is the politics of things and the optics. Right. Like it's one of as a D.C. resident, it's part of one of the reasons why I fell madly in love with these books is because, you know, here in here in D.C., it's all about freaking optics. Right. And one of the things George Martin concentrated on was, you know, the reason Tyrion was such a terrible hand of the king in season two is because he never thought about the optics. Right. Mm. And so, like, I just feel like if the show doesn't go there, that they're that they're losing a part of what makes this show really popular with a very specific segment of the population. One of the reasons why this show is huge in DC is because of things like that. Well, I think, I think you made a great point by saying people loved him, but there's also a counterpoint to that. The, the, the common folk loved him. And you know why? Cause I remember rewatching the seasons Marjorie made the common folk love him. That's true. She, she also, she, yes, she was very good at optics. She was very, she was very good at optics. But people in the court knew who Joffrey was. People in his court, they knew exactly what Joffrey was because they saw his everyday actions. They saw him uh, strip. have they, they strip Sansa down and have her beaten. Right. And they saw all that kind of stuff. So I think, to, in my opinion, this is in my opinion. If Danny liberates King's Landing and does it. In the most uh, nonviolent way as possible, then um, people will see them as liberators. And I think what I think Corey Thone's correct. I think the real the real conflict will be between Jamie coming to terms with forgiving his brother over the murder of their father, and uh, coming to, coming to grips with his, his psychotic sister. And Corey Smith, you wanted to say something. Well, I, I was just going to say I, I I don't think they'll there will be a battle of King's Landing. I think that it's going to mirror, you know, the, the flip side of how the Targaryens lost King's Landing where the Lannisters were at the gates and, you know, basically came in. I think that it's going to be, obviously, Cersei on the throne, the Lannisters on the throne. The Targaryens are going to be there, and I think Cersei's going to be threatening to burn down or use wildfire or do something. And I think it's going to be Jamie that ends up killing Cersei, and I think we'll end up. Oh, that's genius! I think it we'll is. end up. I think we'll end up with Danny taking King's Landing with you know without a shot fired sort of thing. I think that that at that point, and I, and again, I think this takes place at the end of the season because I think throughout this next season we're going to see Cersei go fully crazy, and I think everybody's going to turn against her. So when she finally does get off by Jamie or if it ends up being someone else, nobody's really going to shed a tear and they're basically going to hand over the city to, to Danny. You know, what a beautiful, what a beautiful shot that would be of, of, of Jamie running a sword to Cersei's back. And then yeah. sitting on the iron throne waiting for Danny to walk. Oh in. my right. God. Right. That would be so amazing. Oh, the exact is, opposite. Oh, I've got chills. So good. I love that Corey. Can, can, yeah. can we, can we knight him or something? Can we like, <laughs> can we do something for him? <laughs> can so he bad. not be okay. a bastard anymore? So a bastard. I can be okay. a squire. Yes, there we go. Make him a squire. You can be a squire now. You're a squire. Corey Smith is now a squire. What, what? Get water. <laughs> yeah. Corey Smith is now Corey Thone squire. Good job. Good job. 
<laughs> that was a really good that was a really good point, man. I'm glad you made it. That actually gave me chills. Um, I've always wanted to see Jamie's reaction to Tyrion when they came back. Jamie, Bronn, uh, and, and Tyrion's re, uh, reunion is something I've longed to see for quite some time now. Yeah. Uh, now, um, we've talked about this for a little while, but I want to talk about the fact that the cast of Game of Thrones is arriving in Belfast. Folks, it's happening. Game of Thrones Season 7 is officially underway filming. Uh, and you know what? It's awesome because the guy who plays the mountain, and I'm going to butcher his name here, Half-Thor Bjornsson. Mm-hmm. Just call him <laughs> Thor. Thor. I'll just call him Thor. He, he posted a picture to his Instagram account uh, last week in full mountain makeup. The eyes, the makeup. I was excited to see that. That means the mountain is ready to go and ready to play his part. I don't know how the mountain is going to be taken down. Like, if Cersei's got to go down, the mountain's got to go down first. Anybody care to hazard a guess who's going to take him down? Anybody? Bueller? Thone? Thone. Corey Thone, you tell me. Um, it will be uh, the doctor guy that made him. Kyburn. And Kyburn will see the writing on the wall and betray Cersei. <gasps> oh, my God, yeah. man. He's been so loyal to her, though, man. He he. Maybe I don't so... know. the The fun answer the fun answer would be, um, you know, like uh, say, what's his name, Grey Worm, or or something, or maybe he just, you know, maybe he goes down, kind of like one um, uh, one, just like fighting, you know, taking on a hundred guys and killing fifty of them, you know, and like ah, but. I don't know. I feel yeah, like but unlike one one, unlike one one, the mountain's got a suit of armor. <laughs> I want to. I don't want to get into that. But like, I don't know. I think that the more logical answer is uh, that Cersei doesn't actually control the mountain. Someone like Kyburn or whoever does. And you know, when when shit's going down, Kyburn basically pulls him back and says, "Hey, let's just uh, let's go over here and not die." So. Oh, that would be the perfect way to get our Clegane Bowl. Kyburn sees the writing on the wall. He tells the mountain it's time to go. They leave King's Landing, and they run into the Brotherhood without banners. Yeah, I mean... With the hound. <laughs> Clegane, Clegane Bowl confirmed! Let's no. do it! Clegane Bowl is not happening. <laughs> well, I have a question. Hey. Could it be that, you know, he... Uh, Kyburn sees the writing on the wall and he orders the mountain to kill Cersei to gain favor with Danny. That would go against a huge thing in the books. And I know we're not I know we're not in the books. I know the show the show, the books of the books, but they touched on it already in season five in the flashback with Cersei as young Cersei. It's the prophecy of the Valencar. Mm-hmm. Cer- the prophecy says that Cersei has to die by um, the Valencar. The Valencar is translated from High Valyrian as younger brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it could be Jaime or Tyrion. Right. Uh, so that goes against everything that George R. I mean, Martin I know did. this This is really... Does it have to be her younger brother? Does it have to be her it younger brother? And that, they, they make that clear a couple times. But, I, it, but Cle, Clegane is an older brother. But could it the be the Hound? And then the, the hound, Mountain's yeah. like, no! And they have a Clegane bowl over Cersei's body. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you people are like desperate for Clegane bowl. <laughs> I could totally see Kyburn, though, taking the Mountain and, and leaving. That kind of goes back to what I said, that you know, if Cersei goes crazy all season... People, I think, are just going to start abandoning her, and I think she's got nobody left. And then she turns to Jamie. Well, um, Thor, as we call him, was interviewed by, I believe it was a a Swedish Swedish website, a a Swedish fish website. And and he said, I would love the mountain to die by fighting a dragon, maybe killing one and, uh, and then dying by another one. Um, and, of course, obviously, we know that Game of Thrones actors don't reveal spoilers. They have all these contracts and stuff. But what, how awesome would it be if Drogon just landed right in the middle? Like, you got you got the mountain fighting, like, a, a, like a group of, like, Unsullied. They're all surrounding him with spears. And he's probably killed a few of them. And maybe Grey Worm's there, and he's probably wounded because the mountain's a badass. And, and Drogon just lands right on top of him, just lands right on top of the mountain and just bites him in half. That would just be a mate. I know a perfect ending 
for Gregor Clegane. I, I kind of like Drogon just lands on him the way the house lands on the wi- Wicked Witch Beast. <laughs> and all you see is his feet. Yep. <laughs> I love it. But we do have other uh, cast members arriving. We've seen uh, Alfie Allen, Beyond Greyjoy, has, 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 has joined Belfast. Uh, have, did they say they've seen uh, Jim Whalen, uh, Yara Greyjoy? I don't remember if they've seen. I don't remember if they've seen Yara. I know we've seen Sophie. We've seen Maisie. We've seen basically all the Starks. Uh, Bran. Um, he posted to Instagram. He was actually hanging out with Dean Charles Chapman um, because <laughs> and uh, because he likes hanging out with the dead. Um, he also hangs. Well, I mean, he also he's good friends with the uh, the actor played who played Odor since the two of them were together for such a long time filming. So they hang out together regularly. But yeah, it's a little weird. Sometimes you look at his Instagram and it's like Bran likes to hang out with the dead. <laughs> By the way, if you want to get a tearjerker of a moment, go watch. Uh... Christian Nairn's last last scene, wherever uh, uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright walks out and gives him a big round of applause and a hug after that big scene with the, when he's holding the door. Oh my God, tearjerker. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of cool things happening. They even saw we even saw like the back of Peter Dinklage, and we all assumed it was Peter Dinklage. It looked a lot like Peter Dinklage, like the hood over his head. Oh yeah, that was at the airport. Out. Somebody claimed they had yeah. seen him at the airport. And uh, we've seen a lot of actors just showing back up, so it's time for them to film their scenes, and we're getting really excited. Now, what would be really exciting for me, and I'm going to ask each one of you this. For me, what would be really exciting to see which, – which actor would be really exciting for you to show up? For me, I would love to hear that Tobias Menzies had showed up to do filming because that would mean that uh, uh, Tully – is going to be freed from the Frey Dungeons, like I predicted, by Arya, and he's going to take River Run back. So I would love for somebody to spot Tobias Menzies in Belfast, and uh, and all of a sudden we get like some some confirmation that he's filming Game of Thrones Season 7. I would love that too, but at this point, he is going to start doing um, promotion for Underworld. Was it, is it Underworld? Is that the movie? Is it? The, the vampire one, the one with oh, yeah, Jack. yeah. So he's going to start, you know, hot and heavy doing promotion for that movie. So I don't know if he even has time. I mean, it may be something that they will just go ahead and mention, you know, in passing, you know, in conversations with another character or something like that. That you know, he went back to River Run or whatever the case may be. But I mean, he's got a couple of projects in the hopper right now. I mean, he still has to die on Outlander. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is absolutely true. He still has Outlander to do. Um, that that won't be very long since Outlander just started filming again, and um, that will be an article on Culturist tomorrow. And uh, so I think it's going to be really interesting what they'll they'll have to play around with. You know, all these other exceptional actors who are busy doing other things. But I think he, Underworld is going to really, you know, this is going to be his role that could really propel him into, like, movie stardom if, if everything works out okay for him. And uh, so I think he's that's going to be his priority. Corey Smith, who would you be excited to see arrive in Belfast at this point? Um, I mean, I like yours. I'd like to see Tobias because hopefully they could wrap that up some way. But also, um, I'd like to see um, Ben Crompton, who plays uh, Dolores Ed. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that would be amazing. Yeah, that would kind of show us that we're gonna we're gonna get some more action at the wall, which we all kind of assume, but don't necessarily know for a fact yet. So I think that'd be a cool one. Uh, the the dude who plays uh, Sexy Jesus. I can't think of his name. Uh, Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Um, his first name is Tom. What, his Washala? last name is Long and Polish. What, yeah, what, Washala or something. Yeah. Because yeah. if we saw him uh, show up, then obviously he might be doing, you know, Jack and Hagar's storyline oh, from the books. God. That so would be that, would be, that would be the big shocker one, that if we saw That'd him. That would be a huge shocker. Yeah, because then we would see that obviously the faceless men aren't done with what's going on in Westeros, and you know they got something up their sleeve still. So that that'd be my big one. Annie, what about you? Um, that would be a big one that I would like to see is whether or not we have the faceless men come back. Um, also, I'm curious about a uh, Sweet Robin, and um, uh-huh. if we're going to go to the Eerie. Um, some other ones I'm curious about is if we will if 
uh, to see if Diana Rake shows up and uh, mm. if we're going to go to High Garden because I am really curious. There is a set which I saw, which I was like, that looks like High Garden to me. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's a couple of places. You know. Oh, and um, you know, Mira. I want to see Mira show up. Um, because yeah. I mean, I assume that they're going to the wall and that, but you know, where do they go when they leave the wall? I, True. I, I, you know, you guys all assume they're going to go to Winterfell and maybe that's the right thing for them to do. But, you know, I, I, I'm still holding out hope that we, uh, that, that we go to, uh, the land of frogmen and we go to Mira's home and we see Howl and Reed. I want that so bad. I do. So really those, do. those are those are the if any of if there were any signs of that within the arrivals in Belfast. And honestly, I figure that right now what people are really arriving for are table reads more than it is filming, um, because that's yeah. usually what they do first. Um, but yeah, uh, that that anything that would hint to those things would make me very excited. Corey Thone, what do you, who, who would you love to see show at this point? Corey's own. Oh, sorry. Everything, I, everything cut out. I couldn't hear a thing. Um, I, honestly, Annie took mine to Talon Reed. I just um, seeing him in the flashback and, and knowing what he knows from Rob's message, um, or and knowing that that Rob declared in the heir to Winterfell and all that stuff. He he's definitely high on the list. Plus, uh, everything I've read about the people that live out there, the Reeds and and the the people in that swampy area, is super interesting to me. I'd love to yeah. see it on film, I guess, since Annie took that one. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I'm trying to think of someone who I what know. What about Bella Ramsey as Oh, Leona you Mormon. motherfucker. Well, I, <laughs> I just assumed she was going to be back. I mean, she's the... Well, no, because there's always the chance that they decide, especially if they want to marry up. her to uh, Jon Snow this season, that they'll age her up and they'll get a new actress. Hmm. That would and suck. that would just that would yeah. just suck because she's such a great. I mean, she's just such a great little actress. I mean, what if they decide? What if they decide to fast forward a year into the war that that Danny's landed in into into Dorne and it's already happened? What if they they have to age up Bella a little bit or age up Maybe. Uh, character Rihanna? I don't know. I, I, how about this? How about I'd like to see um, another ancient beast show up, like a kraken or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ice dragon, you said. Ice it last dragon, time we yeah. Ice dragon, crack, whatever. We got dragons and we got white walkers, so we got air and ground. Let's have some sea monsters, man. What about some ice spiders? They ride ice spiders in the book. Do, do ice, ice dragons fly commercial or do they fly private? Will we see them in the airport? Oh my god! I'm gonna throw things at you and demote you. Mm. You're getting demoted. Demoted. You're no longer a squire. Back to bastard. <laughs> Back to sleep I, just, with I know, I know you you chimed in earlier, but did you have somebody besides Bella Ramsey you wanted to talk about? I, I, well, every time everybody was taking everything, I was like, okay, I had sexy Jesus written down, and then I was like, okay, shit, I got to scratch that one out, and uh, and and literally sexy Jesus, and um, and I was like. Oh man, he's gonna say Mormont, and I was just like, okay, wait for it. And then you said it. I was like, motherfucker. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Jora, Jora the Explorer. Oh yeah, yeah there we go. We need to know what is going on with him. We last saw him on a quest to look for some kind of miracle cure from Miracle Max, and you know, I want to know where he, what he is doing. Um, I, I think it's time to, that, that we find out what he's doing, and then Gendry, or Gentry, I, I want to know where the fuck he Gendry. is. What has he been eaten by a kraken? Has I mean, will he just stumble upon Danny and she will scoop him up out of the water? You know, because he's been rowing his damn boat all this damn time. I mean, like, let's go ahead and basically put a pin in that fucking shit. And I have move a small on. theory about that. If you want to hear it really quick, Uh-oh. go for it. Hit me with it. Davos Davos told him to go back to King's Landing. He told him to go back to Flea Bottom. He said, "Keep this shoe on your left, right." So what if Gendry actually went back to, to King's Landing and has been living in Flea Bottom this entire time, making a small trade as a blacksmith in King's Landing, and now that Cersei's in charge, and now that there's probably going to be like a war and a riot, all of a sudden Gendry shows up. Because they need blacksmiths because they need people to make weapons. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. What if all of a sudden they go, okay, we need to make some weapons. Let's go see the blacksmith, and all of a sudden you hear that – that warm and fuzzy Game of Thrones feeling song that comes on the da na 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 na, and all of a sudden it's like Gendry, 
like banging away on a blacksmith, uh, whatever hammer and, and hanging tail, on a blacksmith hole. Hey, is that what you said? <laughs> hey, Razor, Martin, yeah. George Martin said that uh, Arya and Gendry will meet again. And if, yeah. if Arya heads to King's Landing like we think she might, yeah, nice. there you go. Oh, well, that, that would be awesome. Me. For me, I got one other, a couple other characters. I'd Hot love pie. to see Carice Van, Van Houten show up. Uh, I know she's pregnant, right? Or has she had the baby no, she already? Had the baby. She had so the she's baby. She's on maternity so leave for a little bit then. A maternity leave, so I'm not sure how, what role Melisandre will play in season seven, if any at all. Um, but I also, if we're going to talk about Jorah, and I'm glad you brought his name up, yes. Isis, I want to see Case, the actress who played Case. Nobody knows, Nobody who knows who played what the actress who plays Case so looks like. It could be. I know, but I don't. I don't care. I just want them to say we have the actress who played Case. She's showing up. Like I want to see an announcement. Like Case will be part of season seven. Like right. we always get those rumors. We always get those leaks. Like Case will be part of season seven. And when, if that happens, you can. Bet your ass it's because Jorah has gone to find the cure for Grayscale from her. Oh, can we can – can I throw Hot Pie in there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's bringing everyone the, back. He's at the end of the crossroads, isn't he, making, making yeah, Hot Pie? Yeah, he's like, of... Arya could very well stop there to get to eat or something in I mean, it's pie. the only inn in the entire freaking country. Yeah, basically <laughs> so. so. Hey, you know, we didn't even talk about our favorite ginger. We didn't even mention our favorite ginger. Tormund. Well, I want to see Tormund. But I, I see want... Bob. I see him all the time. He's always on the weather map on on television in the commercials. Yeah, but I want to see him with his heart eye emojis, you know, looking at freaking um uh hey. Brienne. I want I want Brienne to be honest. I really I want to see Brienne wrecking dicks and um and you know fighting off advances from from Tormund. That's that's what I'm here for. Gwendolyn Christie has a an empty slate as far as I know because she just wrapped finishing Star Wars episode 8 as Captain Phasma. So she will be ready to film Game of Thrones. So hopefully we'll see some news about her and Pod showing up. Anyway, that's about an hour, folks. We filled an hour talking about a lot about nothing. Congratulations. <laughs> That's Take the Black in a nutshell. Listen, uh, it's, it's it's good to be back. How much did we miss that? Way to sell us. Way to sell us. No, I'm kidding. We, I love you guys, and I love talking about Game of Thrones. Listen, uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. We're not going to start taking two weeks off. We won't do that. Don't, don't worry. We'll be back with more news next week. On Take the Black, I'm your host, Razor. I'm with Isis, Corey Phone, Annie Bundle, and the recently demoted Corey Smith. Demoted and demoted. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Polar Populous.